The Marlins dropped game two of the series with the Houston Astros, six to five, a one-run defeat. We haven't said that often this year. This game was there for the taking. However, game one also was there for the losing. The Marlins are now one and one on the series. However, most of the discussion ended up around Avisel Garcia, pinch hitting in the ninth inning with the tying run on second base. Avisel Garcia struck out and Marlins Twitter exploded. Tons to get into. This is Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, of course, hit subscribe and leave a review. This is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. As you can tell, it's light. It's still daytime. It's early evening time here in the UK. The day job, the other day job is done. Half past five. It's podcasting time, baby. Solo pod. Solo pod. There is a YouTube channel as well, guys. Make sure you head on over there and you'll see. You'll see the daylight situation here at this point if you're on YouTube. Uh, hit subscribe there also, guys. Uh, we're almost at 1,000 subscribers. So I appreciate everyone for following along, for commenting to the everydayers as well. Like, There's a lot of you guys that, that listen and watch every single show, which is amazing. And I love the discourse that goes on. There's a few... Very, very familiar names that literally like it's, you know, after every episode, there's one, two, three, four, five comments, bang, bang, bang. And it is a lot of fun. Guys, it's Wednesday's episode. The Marlins, they ended up losing game two against the Astros. I watched the full game this morning. And I must say this one was there for the taking. Unfortunately, this one is one of those where you look back and go, man, that one got away. It got away. However, game one, me and Sean spoke about it yesterday in the everydayers. We'll know this. We spoke about the fact that game one was definitely a game that you felt fortunate to have won. Things went the Marlins' way in game one. And in game two, it wasn't quite the way. Um, this was a different type of game, though. And unfortunately, like the Marlins jumped out to an early lead again. They were 3-0 up. And Jorge Soler, baby. Jorge Soler with a... Two-run home run, making it 3-0 to the Marlins there in that third inning. And you're thinking, this is falling into place perfectly. Johnny Cueto doing his thing, navigating some traffic, even some pickoff moves slipped in there. Like, you're thinking, 3-0 up. Cueto, if he can just get through five, then he could turn it to the pen and do what you do. In the end, it didn't work, and I must say there were a few key turning points in this game, but the Marlins end up losing by one run, which hasn't happened a lot this year. And what was a winnable game? Justin Verlander will be going this evening. No UK-friendly game, which was disappointing. The fact that you know most of the time, these end-of-series, these getaway days, they normally, there's a day game sprinkled in there. So disappointing that no Verlander UK-friendly, so it's going to be another late one. It's going to mean another morning uh, watch for me. Jesus Lozado going against Verlander. So, you know, Verlander Lozado, real nice matchup. Probably the best matchup of the series. Lozado, as we spoke about yesterday with Braxton Garrett as well, 
Braxy definitely laboring a touch. Lozado recently as well. Like Lozado's latest outing in particular, he just he just didn't have the slider at all. So we'll be interested to see, you know, what kind of bounce back we get from Jesus Lozado. Interested to see Justin Verlander. Like obviously he's um, since being traded over back to Houston. He's looked like Justin Verlander. It's funny. Uh, Max Scherzer, once being traded back, not back, but to the Texas Rangers, he's come alive now this year. I think he's 3-0 and with a ridiculous ERA. So, you know, these Mets boys, the old Mets boys, they couldn't quite piece it together at the Mets, traded away into, you know, competitive teams, teams that are doing well this year. And next thing is they're back to performing, which is really interesting. For Lozado, it's a different uh, question. The Marlins are performing too. They've been performing all year, all year as has Jesus Lozado. But are the innings starting to take a toll on Lozado? Are the innings starting to take a toll on Braxton Garrett? We spoke about it yesterday. Johnny Cueto, though, was a different situation where is you know his career innings are taking their toll in that this isn't the Johnny Cueto of old, but he still has an element of ring craft, we'll call it. A bit of pitch craft, a bit of nous, veteran nous. And overall with Cueto, and I've spoke about this a few times since he's been back, and for those that you know follow along all year, you will know my thoughts on Cueto during that rehab start that I thought his career was done. I thought that the Marlins were going to have to cut bait and eat the dough. And I've been pleasantly surprised. However, someone did comment on Twitter as well that I saw earlier on, or X, that with, with Cueto, it feels so similar to Eliezer Hernandez from a few years ago, where Hernandez looks like in control, as does Cueto. You know, he's he hasn't got the gas, no high velocity, no nothing. But it's the long ball. This, you know, just Eliezer was the same. That's why we had the IKEA conversation with meatballs, etc. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and check out my old, uh, you know, the Twitter feed too. Um, and you will see reference about meatballs and IKEA. You will get the point. Fundamentally, Cueto is in the same spot where it's just home run after home run after home run. It's the only runs he's giving up seemingly is home runs and long balls. How do you fix it? I don't know. I don't know. But it's certainly like Cueto in general as a fifth starter, fine. Where are we at last night in terms of Skip's management of Cueto? Skip's management of the game, I think. There's a few question marks around. Not that I have them, but I've seen a few question marks. So. The first one was, did they let Cueto go too long, firstly? And I completely understand why they let him go into the sixth and look to continue. However, and this all kind of goes back to, uh, you know, I want to talk about Jazz as well shortly. But with Cueto, obviously, there was an error in the outfield. If that wouldn't have happened and the ball would have been fielded and caught as, you know, it should have been. Let's be honest, it should have been. Cueto was out that inning. Um, and, you know, next thing is he's got to face a couple of extra hitters. Then he goes into the sixth, gives up the bomb. Surprise, surprise. And um, and there you go. You know, that was the end of his day. So was he left to go too long? I don't think he was. Could he have been taken out earlier? He could have been. There was definitely a few moments where you were thinking he could be taken out here. Definitely at one point, Stephen Okert was warming up. Uh, wasn't ended up, you know, being needed in that spot anyway, Okert. Um, but, you know, it was one of those games with Cueto where... It was just, it felt like he was cruising and then you just, there'd be the home run. He'd be like, oh, okay. Um, so, you know, the final line for Cueto, where did he end up? Um, I guess it was, hold on, let's cue this up here and see. 
Cueto, it was five and one third. Five runs. Four earned, of course, because of the error. We'll talk about that. Just two walks. It's the interesting thing in three Ks, two home runs. It's the interesting thing with Cueto as well is like, you know, a bit like with Eddie Cabrera, we're struggling with Eddie because the walks were just unsustainable. Cueto, he keeps the walks in check. Um, his ground ball percentage isn't like crazily high, um, but he's just a crafty dude. And we're getting some element of production at it and like five innings worth of work for three runs, four runs, whatever it might be, like three or four runs through five innings. Like it feels like, okay, like that is the par score for Johnny Cueto at this point. However, like I mentioned, he could and should have been out of that inning earlier. Big turning point in the game. The Astros equally had a fielding faux pas, a real fielding faux pas as well, like a comedy of errors, which gave another run back. But the Marlins gave up a run. It also meant the Cueto was extended through into, you know, into that inning. And then, you know, we carried on beyond that. The skip's trying to like, just see if he can get six. Can you just, do you just need three innings of bullpen work? But big collision in center field. In left center, Brian De La Cruz, Jazz Chisholm Jr., one of the big talking points, one of the big flashpoints. We're going to talk about that after the first ad of the day, guys. And I'm delighted to, to announce as well, it's a new it's a new sponsor. Yes, sir, we love that. So, Locked On Marlins fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is a new app built just for sports fans where you can chat sports in real time. You can click the link in the show notes description to join the app or go to the Apple App Store, of course, and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversation with other locked on sports fans. Listen, I've already talked about it as well. Like you guys, tons of comments happening in the YouTube comments. Get yourselves into Bunches as well, for sure. Get into there. Bunches is the place where sports fans can chat. Locked on MLB group chat is on bunches. Go there now and connect with other baseball fans. Chat your favorite team, Marlins, or also go and slander some of the uh, some of the other guys in the other teams. Why not keep up with the latest MLB news? Yes, sir. You can chat your team every day for sure. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description or show notes to join the Locked On. MLB Bunch community today. Love that. Love that. Get yourselves over to there, guys. It's going to be a lot of discourse happening there. Love to see it. This is all it's about connecting like-minded people for like-minded conversations, which is what I like to see. Um, the Marlins dropped the game, game two, against the Astros. It was a one-run one loss, um, but a big play, a big, big play that was talked about by Skip post-game, by Jazz post-game, was this collision with Brian De La Cruz uh, in left center. And the words that I, that stood out to me uh, from Skip Schumacher specifically was aggressiveness. Aggressive. Jazz Chisholm Jr. Aggressive. If you haven't seen the play, the, there was a, a line drive that basically split center field and left field. Brian De La Cruz playing in left. Both guys went hard, converged hard on the ball. Jazz and Brian De La Cruz. In the end, it felt like Brian De La Cruz was there and ready but then Jazz kind of like arrived just a couple of ticks after and collided into De La Cruz. The ball ends up hitting Jazz's glove, but it, the catch wasn't made and the ball kind of rolls away. Brian De La Cruz fields it and gets it back in. So that's what happened. When you look at the video and what happens, 
both guys calling for it, both guys calling for it. They're both trying to make the play and they get there at the same time. Boom. Ball drops. Error. Error on Jazz. So, Skip Schumacher calling the fact that Jazz and his aggressiveness, he plays the game aggressively. And that's always going to be part of Jazz Chisholm Jr.'s game. No doubt about it. And that includes with the stick. That includes with the base running. That includes with the with the fielding and also with the arm. We basically saw it all in one game yesterday. There was the triple. He legs out the triple. There's the single, a stolen bag. There's this misplay in center field from a collision while Jazz is like trying to make so much ground, ends up colliding with De La Cruz, but it's down to aggressiveness. There's also a throw to third base, which really wasn't the right play. Um, and then the uh, what you know what could have been a single, Jazz ends up going for a, an ambitious throw to third. The, uh, the, the hitter then gets on to second and into scoring position as well. So again, aggressive play from Jazz. It didn't quite work out. So that's just Jazz's nature. And we've seen that with Jazz all along. We're not going to take that out away from him. And the other thing to call out as well, what Jazz called out was, you know, him and Brian De La Cruz, well, Jazz in general, he hasn't played a ton of games this year. Although the defense really, really improved really, really quickly after some really early growing pains, particularly in spring and, you know, some of those early games in the season, Jazz then really kind of flipped the switch there and flipped the script really on his center field defense and all of a sudden started to look really comfortable over there and really able for, for sure, which was really impressive. What Jazz called out post-game was the fact that he hasn't actually played a ton of games and equally hasn't played a ton with Brian De La Cruz. And thus, they haven't quite found their groove yet where you know you know whose ball it is without even having to communicate. You know, what I, you know what I mean? Like you start to have that understanding of that's mine or De La Cruz is going to be there. And just having that kind of instinctive nature about fielding the position because it happens quickly. The ball was drilled. It was in the gap and both guys were going to make a play. Both guys could have made the play on it, but they arrived there at a similar time. Both of them called for the ball. Collisions happen. Things happen. These are the types of things that will work and improve over time. And I think Jazz is right. We kind of forget just how much, how little he's actually been out there in center field. But you know with Jazz, this aggressiveness, it will hurt you at times, but more often than not, it will benefit the Marlins, no doubt, because he's such an athlete and he makes plays that others can't. Sometimes there will be plays that should be made that aren't because he's over-aggressive. But that is what it is. So, Jorge Soler, already mentioned him. He now has 30 home runs on the year. We've still got over 40 games left to go. I don't know where Soler's going to end up, but, you know, from what he's been doing, particularly recently, you would assume, you could assume, that Soler could even get to 40 this year. Decent chance for Soler to get a 40. Could he even go beyond 40? Who knows? I think, like we've seen with Josh Bell, if, if Bell continues his pace, Soler can continue this, then, you know, these guys are going to be huge catalysts to the Marlins making the postseason in 2023. It's going to be so tight, so tight, with the Cubs, with the Reds, with the Diamondbacks, with the Giants, Phillies. You know, these guys, everyone's going to be, like, nicking games here, there, and everywhere. 
That's why last night's game is so tough. That's why you look back and you think, man, that one got away. Because every, literally every game really counts for the fish. And it is going to come down to a half game here, you know, one game here. And, you know, all at the end of the year, you'll look back and go, these were the games that could and should have been won. This is one that could and should have been won, but it wasn't. Soler, though, I think has been so impressive. And Skip Schumacher spoke about Soler after the game, saying how he, as a hitter, has just improved so much. He is like a complete hitter now. And you see that with, with his home run spray chart, where, you know, you know it's going to be more kind of left and left center, but there's still plenty of bomb center field. There's equally the oppos, which there was last night. So Soler can hit it anywhere. He can hit it everywhere. And 30 home runs for him. What an accomplishment for Jorge Soler. One of the best free agent signings, maybe, um, of, of the recent memory, that is for sure. Obviously, the contract situation isn't optimal now for the Marlins, where Soler will, will be opting out. But the question will be and will remain is do the Marlins look to get something done with Soler into next year and potentially beyond? I think the interesting thing there is now with Jake Berger in the mix, and I think, again, this kind of links back to maybe how things play out with Josh Bell. But all of a sudden, you know, prior to those guys arriving, you were looking around and going, who can actually consistently hit home runs for the Marlins? And it was Jorge Soler and, like, Jesus Sanchez if he runs into one, which can happen at any time or not, and Jazz Chisholm as well. You kind of, like, there was just such a limited pool of guys that could change the game, game changers with the stick by the home run ball. Now that Berger and Bell are in, plus Jazz, you know, plus Jesus and Dela Cruz can chip into like these guys, there is more balance now. And so, you know, the need to go and potentially overpay, let's say, for a Solaire extension, I think is slightly softened. And so I think that there is more balance anyway. Soler is a key contributor for the Marlins right now. I am not denying that. But by these trades, and particularly if Bell doesn't opt out, then I do think that slightly softens the need, the urgency to try to get uber creative, uber aggressive with Jorge Soler in his future. Who knows? You know, I do think a qualifying offer is absolutely in the realm of possibility. If the Marlins were happy to pay Josh Bell 16 and a half, then I think they're more than happy to submit a qualifying offer and pay that that uh, that value to Hoy Soler for a one-year deal. Absolutely. Whether Soler accepts it is another question. Maybe he would. And he'd think, I like it here. This team's window's open. This is fun. Let's stay here and you know ride it out with a pay rise to boot. You know, there's a lot to be said for that. Other guys have gone and signed contracts elsewhere. All of a sudden, the clubhouse situation changes. The team changes. Next thing is you are not in the situation that you expected to sign up to. Sometimes flexibility is the king. And the ability to control your own destiny is the king. Equally, if you are on one-year deals, you always know what that means. Come deadline time, you are always potentially movable at that point. But that's just part of the game anyway. So... Let's do the final ad, and then I want to talk about Avicel Garcia particularly uh, and in the final segment here, brief segment anyway, as it is. Uh, but guys, this episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at eBay Motors. Yes, sir. Sexy graphics as well for those that are watching. 
Uh, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, garage, and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or your money back, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Okay, guys, final segment here on Wednesday's episode. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen. You're joining me, Peter Pratt. Solo pod on this one, guys. Uh, the Marlins uh, went down to a one-run loss to the Astros in a game they could have, should have, would have won. Uh, aggressive play from Jazz Chisholm Jr. Big error in uh, in center field uh, with a collision with Brian De La Cruz. The one thing I haven't said about that incident is both guys came away unscathed. That's the big positive. You know, I'm just... You've seen some really bad injuries uh, occur like that. So let's be look on the positive side that no one was hurt, particularly Jazz or Dela Cruz, both key contributors. Soler brought up his 30th home run of the season. Opposite field, Skip Schumacher believes that Soler is by far a much better and more well-rounded hitter. And I think everyone would agree. Johnny Cueto is Johnny Cueto. We know what to expect. Did Skip stretch him out? Touch too far yesterday? Maybe. But for some reason with Cueto... It is just the bombs that are hurting him. Bombs away, very Eliezer Hernandez-like. This game, though, was not done, not cooked. It, the, the, the Marlins were down a, a run. Jesus Sanchez got himself on the second base. The runner was in scoring position with two outs remaining. The catcher spot came up. Pinch hit situation. Ryan Presley, the Astros closer, going. Skip Schumacher decided to pinch hit the catching spot with Avicel Garcia. He had other options. Could have gone John Birdie. Could have gone Yuli Gurriel. There were other options there for Skip. He turned to Avicel Garcia. Avi ended up striking out. It's fair to say that it was not that well received on Marlins Twitter. few questions to Skip after the game about it. But Avicel Garcia striking out in the ninth in the pinch hitting situation versus the closer of the Astros. Like... I understand the frustration because the Marlins in that game and in that situation, you know, you're hoping that Avi can do something, that he can put up a big hit that ties the game and you keep the line moving, right? That's what everyone's hoping for. What we have to call out, and so listen, that didn't happen. Avi struck out and, you know, there was still another out after that point. It went to Joey Wendell. So, you know, the Marlins still had another life. But the amount of slander for Avicel Garcia on Marlins Twitter was high. A lot of people asking, why is he still on the team? Why is he part of this roster? He should be DFA'd, et cetera, et cetera. I must say, for that one particular example, that instance, I think it's a touch unfair. Because the dude just rocks up off the bench. You know, pinch hitting is tough. The numbers tell you it's tough. Avicel Garcia is not having a great year. He's not having a great time at all in Miami. So 
There will be a lot of mental pressure there for Abisal Garcia, I'm sure. But pinch hitting is tough. We have to acknowledge that. And you're against the closer. You haven't seen a ball for hours. You haven't swung a bat in hours. And you're asked to try and deliver a meaningful hit. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Skip said the reason he put Abisal in specifically was the historical numbers against the specific pitcher at that point. He's hit a couple of home, home runs off him in the past. So I completely get it. We absolutely applauded Skip Schumacher for making a similar move a few months ago with Yuli Gurriel, bringing him in. The reverse splits. Next thing is Gurriel. He ends up lacing one down the line, and everyone's hailing Skip Schumacher as the manager of the year. So he makes decisions. He went with Avi based on the numbers, the historic numbers. I get it. I understand it. It didn't pay off. The slander was a bit of a knee jerk, though, in my opinion. Like, I get it. People are frustrated with Avi. I'm frustrated with Avi. The dude is way underperforming his contract. The Marlins have no flexibility. There's no optioning. You know, it's just, do you want to eat the money or not? And we've seen with Gene Segura, we've already seen the blueprint. The Marlins aren't ideally going to eat the money. They're going to try to flip bad money with a prospect to go and get something that they can do. That's the blueprint they will follow. I don't think they're going to, they're in the business of eating money at, at this point anyway. So he's effectively a platoon guy, a bench bat and, you know, pinch hitting option. Would I have done something different? I would have gone with John Birdie because as me and Sp uh, Sean spoke about in yesterday's episode, John Birdie is one of the hardest hitters um, in uh, on this Marlins roster right now. And for me, I'd have gone Birdie. Uh, I think that would have been the call I would have made, but I understand why Skip made the call he did. It didn't pay out, pay off this time. I mean, it would have been a big boost for Avicel Garcia if he would have been able to, you know, put that big hit on there. Anything would have tied the game. Joey Wendell then came in, and equally, Joey Wendell has not been good for a decent, sustained period now. Joey Wendell's profile has improved recently because the acknowledgement of the kind of clubhouse uh, role that he's playing. But overall, with Wendell. It's been slow, hot, slow. It remains slow. The defense is okay. It's serviceable. But, you know, listen, his his time in Miami will likely be ending uh, at the end of this year. Um, the slander wasn't overly high, I would say, for, for Joey Wendell. Um, to be honest with you, I'd have probably still gone with Birdie at that point. I know it was, you know, a lefty on a righty. But, you know, for me, I'd have been thinking about how can I get John Birdie into this game and whether that was for the catcher or for Joey Wendell. It's kind of the move I would have been thinking about. Not so much about Yuli Gurriel, to be honest with you. Um, maybe being around that club, you know, it may he may have had some insight, but equally there's probably plenty of insight on how to get Yuli Gurriel out as well. So I understand the slander. I understand the frustration. The Marlins could and should have won that one. Skip Schumacher made the decisions he made. I think he left Johnny Cueto in a touch long, um, potentially, but he was in there longer and threw more pitches than he had to due to an error by Jazz and De La Cruz um, as well. So listen, it's one of them games. You turn the page, you go, listen, you know, we're one and one for the series. You know, either game could have gone both ways and you go into the rubber match of which I'm still not sure of the origins of that, that phrase, but nevertheless, we're going to get out of here uh, and we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Loud Marlins fan is back tomorrow on Thursday's show as we, um, well, we'll look back and see this Justin Verlander, Jesus Lazardo game. Uh, and see whether the Marlins have been able to take the series. Also, we'll start looking ahead as well to the Marlins heading out west. 
and taking on the LA Dodgers and Miguel Rojas for the first time and also the San Diego Padres. So look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. See you then.